Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. We cherish, love, honor this opportunity to come across your airways. With me as always, my friend Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie, it's good to be with you today. And and uh, again, sorry about the loss of your grandfather. Uh, do you got a quick grandpa story about how he got saved or something? I think that'd be cool right now. Well, my grandpa was raised um, very, very devout Lutheran. And he was a good man. Okay, he was a farmer. Um, diligent, all of those things. Um, but there was a, a Bible church in their fa- small farming town, and, and the pastor there took Grandpa under wing and led him to the Lord and my grandmother. And then um, all, my mom and her siblings got saved. And um, God transforms their family. And, and that pastor, I'm so thankful um, of, that, of that little Bible church, would go out and sit with my grandpa in the tractor while he was working in the field and discipled him that way. And, um, you know, my grandpa, obviously my earliest memories are of him as a farmer. And so I love farming. I, I'm a country girl and I can't do anything about that. That's just how it is. Um, but I love the fact that some of my greatest memories of grandpa from the last few years when we would see him was that he would pray with us. And the last time I saw him, that's what he did. Amen. Was prayed with me and just asked God to bless me, bless my children, bless our ministry as we seek to help people. And um, so that will be something I will always cherish was that the fact that God gave me a chance to tell him I loved him and say goodbye. Um, I, I, something in me just said, this is going to be the last time you see him. And, um, but that, I just love the fact that I had a grandpa that even when he could barely hear and was confined to a chair or his bed, he, he never stopped praying. And that became his ministry. The last few years of his life was praying for all of us. And I'm going to miss those prayers. Yeah. 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 Wow. What a, what a testimony of that little church and that pastor going out there and then of your granddad being a good grandfather and boy, it's, just when you have a good grandfather, things change. Thank you for sharing that with us. And again, our prayers are with you over the weeks and months ahead. And, and, and folks, so we've changed the segment. And what we're looking at now is every day we talk about a characteristic of PTSD. We, we may fumble across some of these one or two times or three times in a year or five times in a year. Either way, I think God has them for us. And I want to talk about them. And, and so today I want to talk about the characteristic of fear. 
And uh, fear is crippling to somebody with PTSD. Actually, fear is crippling to anybody. So when we think of the characteristic of fear, being afraid, sitting around worrying, that's not of God. Uh, the Word of God says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's... Uh, you know, casting down those imaginations, having that sound mind. So when we get fearful, I know people who just sit around and are afraid of everything in their whole life. And, uh, you know, I, I sought the Lord over in Psalm 34. I memorized almost the entire Psalm. My life verse is uh, uh, Psalm 34, 6. But Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. God can take our fear from us. And uh, fear can be so debilitating. And, and friends, if you take the word fear, you take anything that means fear, <clears throat> you'll find 364 times in your Bible where God tells us not to be fear. Uh, over in the book of James where he says, draw nigh unto me and he'll draw nigh unto us. We have no reason to fear that wonderful psalm that Stephanie had memorized leading up to the martyrdom of her uh Martyr husband Charles and in and, and Psalm 90 reminding us that we're underneath the wings, we're protected by a great God. So, fear, what say you, Stephanie, on that idea of fear? It's a real thing. Um, yeah. It's something that I still struggle with. Um, and understanding, you know, I've heard people just be blunt, I've heard so, so many judgmental statements. Um, by people who I don't know what their internal struggles are, but just, you know, these, well, you know, if you're struggling with fear, you're in sin and blah, 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 blah. And I think we have a savior who understands that we struggle with fear. I think he understands that it's one of Satan's main targets to destroy us because otherwise, why would God mention it so often in his word? because he knows it's going to be one of our biggest struggles. It's, it's, and it that's yeah. why he puts it throughout his word over and over and over again to remind us, I'm your shepherd. I love you. And I'm here for you. Trust me. Trust. And so the, I think it's important that if you're struggling with fear to understand that God has given us great and precious promises. And I have yeah. to remind myself, one of my favorite verses when I'm struggling with fear is, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Um, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And um, in Isaiah, where God said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Understanding that we have a God, I'm, I'm going through the in my Bible class with the kids at church. We are learning Joshua 1, 9, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest, and understanding that that's who our God is. And so to remember that while we're struggling with fear ourselves, but then if we are trying to help someone or encourage someone who has PTSD and who is struggling with fear, the worst thing you can do is rub that in their face. The worst thing to do is to rebuke them and yell at them for struggling with fear because you have no idea what could be causing that fear. And if you have an idea what's causing that fear and you still rub it in your face, you're a knucklehead. Um, So to be the person who is an extension, because that's what we are, we, Jesus Christ lives through us. He was a God who to the fearing 
gave them hope, gave them compassion, showed them love. And so if you are, if you know someone, you know, if, if someone has been abused by, you know, by, by, by verbal, you know, however a person's been abused, that is going to create fear levels in them. If they've experienced trauma, if they've witnessed a horrific event, that's going to put fear in them that you won't be able to understand fully because you're not them. And so when you're helping them to encourage them with the love and compassion of Jesus Christ, with those promises from his word and be an extension of Jesus to them in terms of patience, in terms of showering them with them with love and understanding, knowing that if you were in their shoes, you would want that done for you. And it'll change how you minister to people. If you understand this is a real thing, our Savior understands it a real it's a real thing. Hence why he came to heal the brokenhearted, because he, he understands fear is a real thing. He understands being broken is a reality. It's not stuff people are making up in their heads. And it doesn't mean that they're not spiritual or that they don't love God. We live in a broken world. And so having that grace and extending it to people who deal with fear is a huge thing. Yeah. And just knowing that God's grace is enough and, uh, and knowing that he gets us through these things is pretty cool. And so we continue on here in Proverbs 15. We're starting in verse 22 today and without counsel purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. So one of the things, it's funny how God always, you know, we're not looking at these different verses and choosing a characteristic of PTSD. We just said, man, we're grabbing characteristics that we dealt with. We're throwing them out there. And, but I'm reminded of the civil war. So Grant had a consul, General Grant, what made General Grant the commander of all Northern forces. It was really just like the last year or so of the war of the civil war. But he had a consul of people that came together and he would be, you know, one of the things that he mentioned, his autobiographical series is unbelievable. Maybe the best ever written him and Eisenhower's autobiographical stuff about World War Two, probably the best biographies I've ever read. Maybe you could throw Winston Churchill in there, volume three volumes of that. But uh, if, if you look at what Grant's saying, you know, I'm, I was afraid of this, I was afraid of that, but I had this committee of counselors, I had these generals and colonels that I could trust come in, and I'd, I'd sit around and, you know, I would, I would let them counsel me on actually what the situation looks like. I'd put these things aside, and time and time again, I think they lost one battle after he got this uh, group of counselors that counseled with him, and, and that was just a, a general error after that. I mean, they marched across Georgia. They marched across Tennessee. I mean, you name it, the, the, the Yankee, then finally in Virginia. And uh, so I think what God's Word's saying here, we've seen happen in person without counsel, purple purposes, uh, you know, or basically plans can go awry. They can go bad. They, they're different. So, you know, maybe the difference between success and failure is found, I think, in biblical counselor and Bible people, who, people who know the Lord, your pastor, being in church, studying the word of God and having a multitude, a multitude of them, having more than one, having several, having people you can listen to, you can bounce things. And there's so much more insight when you got other people. And I think, I think God's word is pretty clear here that, you know, we're not in a bubble. We're not in a vacuum. When we make a decision, uh, we should have godly people in our life help us to do that. And I'm not talking about, you know, making a decision to make spaghetti and meatballs for supper, which is always the right decision with coconut cream for dessert. I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I'm talking about, you know, these decisions in life and ministry and marriage and, 
in the affairs of the heart. I, I mean, Stephanie, I think it's so important that we have counsel. I agree. And I love your analogy. Um, one of the things I think of when I think of this um, verse, when I was a teenager, I loved to study the Battle of Gettysburg. And, you know, history has proven it was one of the major points of the turning points of the Civil War. But something that always grieved me, you know, when I when I studied the, the whole Battle of Gettysburg and the incredible diversity. I mean, there were so many things happening at once yeah. that we just, that we just put under that, that title of Gettysburg. Yeah. There were so many different mini battles or skirmishes or whatever you want to call it all going on at once. And the one, the one thing that I've never been able to get away from that was so grieving that, that resulted in so many men losing their lives was General Lee's decision to blatantly go against the counsel of all of his generals with Pickett's charge yeah, and how they all said, this is going to end in disaster. This is going to end. This isn't going to end well for us. And in God's sovereignty, things happened the way they did. But when I think of this verse, that's what I think of because that the, the consequences that came from from that charge were catastrophic for all of those men that died. The the, the least purpose was disappointed on steroids. And the idea that when we choose to listen to, to godly counselors, the ways God can bless and work in our lives versus when we maybe are given good counsel, you know, a good counselor is not going to be a dictator. And that's what I see in this verse. A true counselor is someone you can talk to and they're going to give you their wisdom. They're going to share their advice, but then it's up to you to choose whether you're going to follow through or not. And if you don't go for good counsel and you end up in a mess, or maybe you've gotten good counsel and you've turned your back on it and you end up in a mess, that's on you. Yeah. And the contrary will be true. If you choose to follow the Lord's way, you have godly counselors, you listen to them. They're not going to dictate life to you. But they're going to be beside you saying, you know, this is this is wisdom from above. This is what's God and God will give godly counselors wisdom and direction in that way. And understanding that God can bless them. He can he can cause you to be fruitful if you will follow his way and his principles from his word here. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, we, we excuse me, we saw that as well on the union side. General Meade didn't pursue. Uh, many yep. people believe yep. the, the, the war would have ended, you know, that within a couple months or within six months of the battle of Gettysburg. And, and we forget that, you know, that short, it was a short battle there at Gettysburg compared to on the same day of the battle of Gettysburg ended that same day, the battle of Vicksburg, which had been a Mm -hmm. six or seven month battle with Ulysses S. Grant and those people when the first uh, using ships and the army together there in Vicksburg, they were held down. They fought for six months. Mm -hmm. You never even hear about that. Vicksburg was so disseminated, was so beat up, was so bad. They didn't celebrate the 4th of July until World War One. Uh, they were yeah. still pretty upset over that whole thing. Messed but I, up. yeah, I think that we really, folks, listen, it's about counsel. It, it's about having those godly people in your life. You got to have at least one friend who's more godly, who's more biblically sound than you. Uh, and you got to have that person to help you get through. Then if we look at 23, it says a man hath joy 
by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? Oh man, that right word, you know, uh, that we have joy by the answer that we have. And, but man, a word spoken at the right time and given the right word, uh, it's a, there's a satisfaction involved in that and, and knowing God's word and sharing God's grace, speak grace, speak love, uh, speak Christ into people today. You know, as you're going through this day, speak Christ and speak God, carry around God with you. He's there. He's in your heart. You don't have to go after the bad things. You don't have to throw dirt at people. Uh, you know, you get to, you get to speak grace. You get to forward that love out there, Stephanie. I mean, that's a pretty cool verse. Indeed it is. And the, the idea that one word can make such a difference in someone's life. That's, that's the power of our tongue. Um, yeah. And sometimes word that word is, I'm proud of you. I love you. I think you're mm-hmm. doing great, man. You know, words like that, th- those are words of grace. Those are words of mm-hmm. love, but boy, they could change things. You don't have those words out there today. Folks live those words. Yeah. And, and man, I'm telling you, God can use them in you and what yeah. a difference that can make. And, and, uh, I, I love this next verse. It says the way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. I mean, there's a, there's a lot being said there and, uh, it's upward. It's a recognition that there's, again, there's two sides to everything. I think Stephanie, you know, you got those going to hell, those going to heaven. And so you got upward and below, and we know below is speaking of hell and, uh, uh, we get to turn away from hell. We get to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we get to live that way, Stephanie. We get to live the life of grace and love and of Christ. Yes. Well, and, and the idea that I see here in this verse, too, is the fact that a wise person, and we all have a way of life, okay? We Our, our profession, our everything about us, we have a way of life, a path of life. But for the wise person, in other words, for the person who's seeking and walking with God, it's kind of like life is in the middle and we're either choosing to walk above it or walk underneath it. And this idea that if we're looking to Jesus, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, if we're looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, we'll mount up on eagle's wings. God is going to give us a view that's from above a view that he can give us his mind on things. He can fill us with his wisdom for circumstances where our way of life isn't a, it's going to have valleys. It's going to have the trials. It's going to have the sorrows, but it's above life. If that makes sense, it's above this human plane. We're living on a different plane because of who Jesus Christ is in us. And when you don't have Jesus Christ, yeah. this life's going to be terrible. It's good. And, and again, you're living that life of the life below. You mm-hmm. know, you can be a good person. You mentioned a little while ago when speaking of your grandfather, he was a good yeah. man. And there's a lot of good people, you know, uh, and there's a lot of good intentions that are going to wind people in hell. And I'm so thankful your grandfather is not one of them. So I think it's, we, we got to understand that we live a life of sharing grace and love and Christ. And we live a life that's upward. We live a life that, uh, you know, looks of wisdom that looks of God. And, and we have to live that life, Stephanie, if we, you know, once we've been saved, we're, we can't be finding ourselves, uh, 
uh, living a downward life, you'll be the most miserable person alive. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so I think folks, this is what I would say, and I, I just don't want to beat this up too much. Uh, we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit of God indwells within us. We should be living a life that points to that. Now, we started this thing out. We, uh, we came in, and, and uh, we were talking about the characteristic for the day. And uh, I, we started with this whole thing of fear. And, boy, fear can make us live a life without grace. Fear can make us live a life where we're putting our faith and trust in man. Fear uh, can, uh, you know, make us live a life. What's that psalm you memorized, Psalm 90, where it talks about it doesn't 91. matter. 91. Ah, I messed that up. See, sometimes, man, okay. I'm telling you, not only is my tongue too big for my mouth, my brain may be too small for my head, but uh, <laughs> Psalm 91, it talks about we, we, we don't fear the things flying, the bullets and stuff coming at it. We, we trust in God. And uh, we started off with that wonderful verse, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So the devil gives us the spirit of fear. I sought the Lord. Remember we said that? And uh, just seeking out me. the Lord. That's where mm -hmm. it's at. And he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. So here's that other verse. It says, be careful. It's not fear. It's being careful. So understand that, you know, we're careful. We don't run outside and jump in front of a trailer truck. We're careful. And, uh, but we're not fearful of everything. We, we live a different life than that. The Lord's going to hear us. He's going to deliver us out of every one of our fears. So Stephanie, how would you wrap that up? Admittedly, uh, you and I have both suffered from fear. What would be your final suggestion to these folks as we close this out today? Well, my final suggestion, <laughs> um, I don't know that I have much suggestion here, but if you're struggling with fear, understanding that the disciples struggled with fear. And I love that Jesus came to them when they were on the water in the midst of that storm. And, you know, Peter walked to him on the water. He, he ended up sinking. He got fearful. He cried out for help. He said, Lord, save me. And, you know, sometimes when we're filled with fear, that's all we can say. That's maybe all you can get out. I know I've been there where the panic attacks, the anxiety, the fear send, send me plummeting beneath those waves. And all I can do is say, God, help me. Lord, save me. And Jesus does every single time. He is faithful and he will come with you. He will walk with you back to the boat and then he will stand up and he will rebuke that storm and he will say, hush. He will say, peace, be still and let the Lord, if you're struggling with fear, let the Lord save you. Let him lift you up out of those waves and then watch as he says, peace, be still. And he says that to the storms. He says that to Satan as he seeks to destroy us. Yeah. He rebukes Satan and says, hush. But then he says it to our hearts. He says, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So let that peace, the peace of God rule and keep your hearts through himself. And it's not the peace that the world knows. It's different. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Let not your heart be troubled, friends. Listen, we sure do love you folks and uh, give your fears to God. 
And uh, I sought the Lord. He heard me. Seek out the Lord and delivered me. He wants to deliver you from all your fears. We sure do love you, folks. If there's anything we can do to help you, make sure you look for us on a Facebook page entitled Helpful Wounded Spirits. We'll be glad to get back to you as quick as we can. Remember to pray for our dear friends in Ukraine and the refugees coming out of there and pray that the God of all heaven will conquer this war and end it. Return, everybody. People will be saved. Lives will be changed. And we sure do appreciate your prayers. Listen, folks, if you like our podcast, podcast, please go out there and give us five stars. If you don't, don't do anything. We love you folks. We'll talk to you real soon. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry. Visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.